0: Morning, everybody. Well, I get the privilege this morning of doing the sermon. That's it's when it's kind of a loaded topic, right? When you're like, hey, you get the privilege
1: <laughs>
0: of doing the sermon. And you're like, wow. And I was also kind of thinking about it, you know, it's kind of funny, like Mike was like, hey, you know, would you like to uh would you like to do this sermon on Sunday? And I was kind of like, what other choices do you have? <laughs> Because I realized like, there are a lot of people out of town, right? And I was like, hmm, you yeah. know. That's right. But this morning I, was, I wanted to, uh, we're going to be continuing. We've been, um, we've been moving along here the last uh, couple of weeks with a, a, a new topic um, and, uh, and a proposed question. is what is love? And uh, as it was mentioned earlier, as Ralph mentioned, there are some of the married couples that are at a retreat this weekend, getting some time to maybe ask this same question to themselves. Right? Um, without the chaos of life spinning out of control around them. Mm-hmm. Not that that happens in my life. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes it's really good to be able to slow down long enough that to, to it's be able to, to look in deep enough to make an honest sense of that question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But some of us were not able to go this year. Um, Chandra's down in Boston at a conference. Um, and I just, I didn't think it would be fun to go by myself, uh, and I figured it would be, uh, you know, it could be one of those, I could be that guy, like, you know, the, the couple at the table getting some time, and be like, hey, hey, you know, like, that's doing you guys or you know, what do you do, right? right? So it probably wasn't going to work for me to, to go, um, but I've been playing Mr. Mom, and Adara is actually sick right now, which is like, it's concerning, because we're supposed to go to Disney World in like four, three days, four days, or something like that. And I'm like, come on, girl, you can't be sick, you can't you got to get better, so she's at home recovering. But, I mean, she could give you the details here. Uh, you realize, like, when your spouse is gone, like, how much thing, how many things get accomplished that you never really take into consideration? And that, without that partner there, and you're responsible for those things, you're just like, oh, you know, how am I going to get it all done? Yeah. And with Adara being sick, I mean, she was on the couch, so she needed attention, and uh, everybody needed my time, and I was like, "There's just one of me." You know? um, but I think with Shonda being out, you know, I also got some quiet moments to consider that same question for our relationship. You know, for what is love? Uh, so that was good. But it can be a fun topic. Love is a fun topic, and you can't really argue against it. You know, because more love in the world—like, who's going to really say that that's a bad thing, right? no one's going to argue that. Uh, you know, I think sappy tearjerker movies; those are in high supply, right? Um, people are busting down the doors to get into those things. You know, but left on my own, uh, if I well, like this week actually uh, left on the, on my own, if I sit down in front of the TV, um, I'm more apt to turn on like a spy movie, a thriller, or like a war movie. All right. So I'd fall into that typical guy category, maybe. Um, but if Sean and I are together, that is not what we end up watching, right? So, <clears throat> some of the married guys probably relate. And uh, we watch a drama movie. Now, it could be like, you know, it could be a lot of things, but in general, I would say that they are, they lean heavily to the side of romantic drama or just drama, drama. You know? yeah. And uh, so, I feel like I'm, I'm a pretty good sport about it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, to watch those. And some of them I, I do like. You know, I'm happily surprised by some of the movies uh, that we watch, you know. And she'll usually rub that in and feel like, I told you it was a good movie and I'd be like, I'll give that one to you. All right, that was all right. That was a good movie. Uh, I thought it was going to be dumb, but, uh, you know, halfway through the movie, though, when she's sobbing next to me, I'm just like, uh. and maybe I'm, maybe I'm like, why, you know, this seems painful for her, you know, uh, and a lot, but a lot of times it gets me too, so I'm, and I, I don't like that feeling, you know, it, it, for me, it's very much an out-of-control feeling, like, you know, the tear-jerker movie. I just feel out-of-control and. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know she she always gets mad. I'll try to break the tension. I'll be like, "This is a stupid movie," you know. She punches me like you know. Uh, but I think I'm a softie on that. My normal trick is to like zone out. I'll be thinking about car maintenance or like redoing the redoing the plumbing. You know, the septic pipes in the basement or something like. Because it's just like the emotional level is just it's too it's too much uh, for me sometimes. And I don't I don't full genre on that, but. You know, love can be a very strong and unpredictable emotion, yeah. and it can be downright scary. You know, I I feel like that's that's probably how I would describe my reactions. Then he probably Chandra would talk to you without me being there about my reactions to love.
1: <laughs>
0: um, but we build holidays around love. We just finished the holiday, right? Uh, Valentine's Day. Some companies are millions capitalizing on it, uh, capitalizing it. Probably don't have to think too hard about what companies that, that would be. Kind of wonder which came first, Hallmark or Valentine's Day? Like, which one, you know? Uh, you know, it, it, something's suspicious there. But I think, that, you know, the flowers are starting to fade. Uh, they're going to get tossed out pretty soon. Uh, chocolate's all gone. That's usually going fairly quick. And, uh, and the cards are put away in the memory box, right? So we're moving on there. But it's a funny topic, love. Uh, it's both undefinable, undefinable and precise at the same time I don't know how I try to think of a different way to say that but sometimes you feel like you get it and other times it's just it's very hard to grasp um but so this question what is love can be answered I think in a variety of, uh, of ways you know many people are going to have differing opinions depending on your background uh cultural background your experiences that you've had in your life um and surprisingly it's not a, it's not always a very uh, direct topic in the bible Um, which even after years and years of reading the Bible, like I feel like it just jumps out to me. I see it right away. But I think in general, like if you were to kind of look up, you know, love, you would find, you would certainly find uh, many instances of it, but it's not always what seems to be the theme or the push uh, of a lot of what we read. Um, Also, interestingly, I think that this was talked about in a recent sermon or maybe it was just a conversation I was part of, but that kind of the idea of the Old Testament, God being angry, the New Testament, Jesus being loving. Uh, it's kind of that, that dichotomy of like, it seems like there maybe is a difference. But it's interesting to see that love in all its form, uh, forms interwoven through the scriptures. And it, some of the stats, can I put the stats there? Where are my stats? Stats further down, okay. Well, let's just start here. Why don't we open up, uh, open your Bibles with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 13. First 1 Corinthians 13, in starting in verse 4, there we go. That's better. Is it better? It says, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. This scripture is read a lot at weddings, and, you know, understandably, it's a cool scripture, right? I mean, But I was looking at this today, and uh, I know that some of the other brothers had uh, done uh, pieces of this, and I think we'd done uh, Love is Patient, and I was like, well, I'll just pick the next one in a row, right, in line here. Love is kind. So I kind of zeroed in on that. And I said, that is my goal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a sermon on love is kind. And, uh, you know, I figured this was going to be the slow softball pitch, right? And, I was gonna, and uh, you know, it's a soft topic. Uh, you know, it's kind of like jumping off a building and landing in one of those, like, firemen, like, poofy airbags. I've always wanted to do that. Um, or maybe, like, walking bare, barefoot through, you know, you mow grass. For those of you who mow grass, I like to mow grass. Uh, and after you mow, it, you have that nice summer sweet grass smell and you get to walk barefoot right as it's cooling off like at the end of the day I love that uh, so it's like one of those topics right you know just it's nice nice topic um, it's not controversial it's all smiles summer breezes and immediately once I, fat, I sat down to write this I was just like boom writer's block I'm like I got nothing like this it, was, it looked like it was going to be really hard and um, you know the little record player kind of went and easy sermon bubble popped on this, but I think that first question to ask is, you know, how how have you felt God's kindness towards you in your life? This is actually a, a, you know, it was a question I thought it was worth pondering myself. But in some ways, like you know, maybe we should define kindness. You know, maybe we don't know what the definition of kind is. And a few passages came to mind for me initially, but I was I was kind of having trouble putting together the larger pattern. Um. I did the old Bible Gateway lookup online to see what we what I had. You know, strategy. Uh, and when you when you put something together, like when you're up front here, I think there's uh, typical ways that you'd research your sermon. And uh, you know, sometimes you are trying to define man's view of a particular topic. Other times you want to demonstrate God's character. Um, uh, maybe uh, you uh, you want to compare and contrast God's views versus man's views of the same topic. Um, You might want to see what God feels about us, what he wants for his children, how he wants us to live. Uh, You can examine the life of Jesus, his parables, the interactions with people. You can look at the early church, uh, the Israelites as a nation, figures in the Old Testament, and how they, um, their understanding of God, their victories, their defeats. Uh, You can use modern day examples to illustrate quotes from famous to not so famous people or your own life experiences. So there's a lot of different ways to do this, but I figured I'd, I have a couple quotes here, just so we have some of those modern ones, right, um, before we dive in, but uh, Mark Twain, kindness is a language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. And then Aesop, which I assume is Aesop's fables, uh, says, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. I was like, okay, some nuggets of wisdom, and that's cool. But what does kind mean without using the word kind to define it? It's like one of those things, you know, like, kind of bugs me I'm like it's like taboo right they give you the card like you can't say these five words and you're just like there's nothing left like how can you describe that word without you you know and I was kind of up against that like how do you define it um thesaurus.com you know I was trying going for help was having trouble too because they had kindly and kind hearted as synonyms so I was like, like you know this is not helping at all uh, and uh, there are other synonyms, uh, synonyms that would help, but I still wanted to get to the word itself. Uh, you know, I was thinking, for example, example nice nice could work, um, but it doesn't seem to really address the topic at a heart level for kind, right? Because you can, you can be the nice guy, um, or you can be nice to the guy who's being a jerk in traffic, right? The guy that's like swerving back and forth. I don't know, for everyone, anyone who's visiting, Vermont has this weird thing. We don't do the zipper merge on the highways, right? And anybody, everybody know what the zipper merge is, no. right? So you have some thing way up a couple miles down the road and it says merge early. And so in Vermont, what that means is everybody merges right away. And then you have like a five mile line of traffic with a clear lane here. And then, but one single solitary person will buzz down the right lane. And everybody's like, no way, no way. And everyone's like pulling out. You know, like I've seen people like, you know, totally block a guy. The guy goes around them down in the median and comes up on the other side. I mean, just craziness, right? Vermonters, we don't seem to get the zipper merge. But, you know, being, you can be nice to that guy who's being a jerk in traffic and let him in your lane. But at the same time, you're kind of envisioning his car going off a cliff on fire. Or something Like in the back of your head, you're just like... You're gonna get it at some point, you know. Like I'll be nice, I'll be nice to you, but like it's it's not very it's not a very deep nice. You know I mean? um, is it just me? I don't know. Uh, you know, you give him a smile and a wave. He roars by. Doesn't say thank you. Doesn't acknowledge your nice gesture. You know, really. True like, thing, buddy. Um, how about tolerant? I was surprised that uh, that one was on the thesaurus list. I was like tolerant. Tolerant is not typically something I think in a positive manner. Tolerant is usually more like you're grudgingly putting up with somebody or something, right? Um, or just there's something about it that you have to tolerate. Um, so to me, I, I can you know the more I thought about, it, I could see that okay, I can see some positives. But initially, that's what I was thinking It was like it seems like a negative thing. Um, you know, if you if you were to say like oh, our relationship really brings out a certain type of joyful tolerance in me. You know, you can see, like, the other person's like, how, do I, you know, how does that work? You know, so we have all, I was, you know, I'm, I'm dying here. I'm looking for synonyms. I'm looking for, you know, like, how do you define kindness? It's just not out there. How is it, how is it defined? So why don't we just see what the Bible says, right? right? So there are a little over 50 instances of the word kinder or kindness. I had to include both. There was enough to worth mentioning, right? Um, in the Bible, depending on the translation that you're reading, So the word mercy is used nearly 300 times in the Bible. Grace, 176 times. Forgive, 112 times. So at first it doesn't really seem like it gets a lot of attention. Um, You know, when you're looking up passages on kindness, not all of them are really defining type passages. They're kind of more in passing. Uh, Basically what you would expect from someone, how someone felt regarding how they were being treated by someone or Uh, requests to be treated with kindness, Uh, maybe expressing thanks to God for past kindness or hoping for future kindness. Uh, So a lot of things like that. Um, Interestingly, too, um, a a fact that I plucked out and we'll read verbatim right here, but uh, loving kindness is often used, whether it's hyphenated or not, loving kindness. I was like, okay... Uh, it's used in the book of Psalms um, fairly frequently. and refers to acts of kindness motivated by love. Um, it is used primarily in reference to God rather than people. And I was kind of thinking like, well, isn't kindness always loving? Isn't that, I, I was thinking, you know, now it's messing with me. Loving, loving, kindness, kind. you know, it's like, all right. But I thought maybe let's just go back to the first uh, thing that we were looking at for our context scripture. Love is kind that we read in First Corinthians. Um, with my amazing ninth grade algebraic skills and deep reasoning I didn't have a slide this would be a perfect opportunity for a slide uh, it wasn't hard to think of the scripture in 1 John 4 that says God is love so I'm like okay God is love so God equals love and then I'm like oh, love equals kind God equals kind. I was like, oh, I'm so proud of myself for putting that together. And I was like, that's, that's the meaty stuff right there. That's cool, you know. Um, could God himself be our definition of kind? Uh, maybe it would be more useful uh, as a question to say, is he, is he your definition of what it means to be kind? Just trying to provo- uh, provoke a little deeper thought on that. And to be fair, it wouldn't be honest for me to say that I always feel like God is kind, right? Um, you know, I question those type of times when I see people suffer. It doesn't take very long to turn on the news and see people suffer. Uh, when I have in the past when I've lost a job or lost a childhood friend recently to cancer before their time, um, sometimes it's challenging to understand or see God's kindness in those types of circumstances. I feel like I've grown comfortable over time, like understanding God to be kind and would just you know blankly say, Sure, God is kind. Um, but I still feel very challenged if you give me specific situations where I feel like, yes, God is kind if I'm trying to I'm trying to resolve it based on something that I feel like is not very kind. Um and it's a day I think it's a it's something you gotta work out on a kind of a day to day basis as we all work out our faith. But let's look over in uh let's turn over to Luke ten. This is kind of gonna be our context on the next scripture here for a bit. We're going to read the Good Samaritan. All right, so this is a good place to start. All right, starting in verse twenty-five. On one occasion, the expert, an expert in the law, stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" "What is written in the law?" he replied. "How do you read it?" He answered. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road And when I return, I will reimburse you from any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now, I, I kind of I uh, put myself in, you know, in the situation of uh, you know, kind of being in the crowd when this was happening. And I also think it it was interesting to see some parallels between this, the expert in the law, and the rich young ruler. Um, Two different stories, but very similar types of kind of responses, in a way, that Jesus gave. Um, But it it was funny, though, because, you know, if if Jesus' disciples are kind of around him, and they're kind of listening uh, intently as well, and the expert in law comes up and, you know, I, I don't know what kind of relationship or if they knew the guy or whatever, but they knew he was an expert in the law. And, uh, you know, he, he he gives the right answer. That's pretty good, right? You know, and, and so the disciples, are they're all kind of going, oh, it's pretty good. We thought he was going to blow it, you know, but hey, you got it right. You know, that's pretty good. And then when, he's, when, he, got, when, the, when he steps forward, to, uh, the expert steps forward to give his next question and to clarify, who's my neighbor? They're like, oh, cut it, cut it. You're doing so good, don't you know? And kind of, I thought it was kind of funny looking at that. Because uh, Jesus kind of, he didn't hold back on this part here. The, the story itself, I think, is, it seems like a very simple story, um, but really makes someone consider uh, the depth that Jesus thinks about this topic versus maybe what we have uh, on a surface level. Uh, as a side note, I also thought it was interesting that if we could make that connection here, that Jesus' answer to the man's question about inheriting eternal life requires kindness. I don't know if you saw that. Kind of the same idea of a slide would be great. Eternal life equals love your neighbor as yourself. And then the neighbor was the one one who shows mercy or kindness. So it's, it you know, kind of goes to show mercy or kindness is kind of required for eternal life. So it was, I was like, okay. You know. But God can't really expect from us what he is not himself. I think that on the surface, this story allows us to ask you know, if we'll be that good Samaritan in that type of circumstance, whatever the circumstance is for you. Will we help or will we be too busy or too important or just too caught up in our own stuff to be able to see the need? Um, you know, as I thought about it a bit more, I wonder, if, is it just a story to illustrate that we should be kind to others or is it really on a deeper level a hint at the character of God? You know, I kind of wondered, how could this story be read differently to show us how we've received kindness from God? What if the robbers were life circumstances? Does life beat you up and rob you of hope?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, have multiple decades of people in your life passed you by and have only been able to offer limited relief? Maybe because they're beaten, beaten and bruised as well. So, I mean, outside of family, you know, a significant other or possibly some close friends who do come to our aid, and uh, most of us will probably find it tough to kind of meet that inner pesky desire um, to be completely healed. There's just something that, something's missing. Um, and we'll find that it can't honestly be fixed by other people or our continual striving to get ahead. You know, something something's missing and we can't put our finger on it. I think of the Samaritan as... This, it was, he was this guy's last resort, right? And I don't know how, I mean, he's, he's half dead on the side of the road. We could argue what half dead means. Half dead. We'll, just, we'll call it that. Half dead. He's, he's not quite dead. He's mostly dead. Right? Um, how long could he have laid there before succumbing to the elements or to his injuries? You know, but how long have we laid and wait, beat up, and bruised by regular life for that next thing around the corner? Or, uh, you know, to bring us hope, contentment, or healing? And I think God heals and binds up the brokenhearted. This is actually a scripture in Psalm 147. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And I wondered if that scripture was something that Jesus was kind of, you know, working into the story of the Good Samaritan. I think it's the definition of kind that can be found in the heart behind the story that Jesus told. You know, the word kind was not specifically used in the Good Samaritan. But, you know, it's easy to associate with the story. Um, but I, I thought about this, you know. Maybe Jesus is the Samaritan. And I think the Samaritan, at least in the in the story, the Samaritan was the guy from the wrong side of the tracks. Um, at least for, for the Jewish culture, Samaria was kind of, that was the wrong side of the tracks. And so there was bias there. And I don't know if it was necessarily racism, but we'll just, you can probably call it that, racism. Um... That was the only guy that stopped, though. It wasn't the Jewish guys that stopped to help, a fellow Jew. Um, But, you know, what happens if Jesus is the Samaritan? He's the only one that stops, picks you up, puts you back together, and has the capacity to care for you throughout your entire life. Um, I definitely, you know, I feel like uh, I've been very fortunate in my life. Um, Like I mentioned, we're uh, heading out here for vacation for a little bit. Uh, My parents are basically paying for the grandkids to go to Disney World, and as a parent of the grandkid, I get to go. So um, my parents have been very generous uh, with us, and I feel like I've been afforded a lot of opportunities that other people don't get. And I'm cognizant of that. um, But I know at the same time, my parents were never able to really provide or had that, that capacity of kind of like complete healing. There was always something that, you know, I could register but not grasp that was missing on the inside and i think that that is in this story really helps me to put if, if jesus is that samaritan i can go yep i'm that guy on the side of the road and i've been passed by by all the other things that i was hoping were was going to pick me up and jesus was the only one that stopped and he's the only one that is coming back you know to make sure that i'm okay Just like the Samaritan, you know, said, I'll be back, whatever, you know, gives him some money and says, I'll be back and I'll pay whatever's required. He's going to see it through to the end. Um, In Colossians 3, in verse 12, I'm going to read just two scriptures. Um, You don't have to go there, but. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. In Galatians 5, and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there, are, there is no law. You have as much of it as one. And God binds all these characteristics up in true love. So again, trying to define that what is true love statement at the beginning that we talked about. But there's no end to how much of these, these characteristics you can have. But having these characteristics, it doesn't come easy. It takes work. But these very qualities are an indication themselves of God's character. Because again, I think that you know, God's not asking us something that He is not already Himself. And it's very encouraging you know, to read through those things. You know, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience compassion um, that's that's good to know that that is how I'm viewed by God um, there are days where I I'm not in touch with that and there are days where I'm very grateful for that because uh, I can see it you know what I'm proud of my daughter she's not here today and she wouldn't have been in here anyway so I wouldn't embarrass her um, but the uh, daughter is very kind um, she's 13 now. She's entering that difficult stage of being a teen, so it's tough. Uh, you know, lots of tears. Uh, I don't understand a lot of what's going on. Chandra will often step in and help me to help uh, her. Um, but you know, her heart has always been very soft in the, in the area of seeing needs and, and being compassionate and empathetic, um, particularly when it comes to kids with special needs. So she has two kids, two boys at school, um, with special needs. And I don't exactly know all the challenges that they have. But the first boy, uh, Jake, is, he's in a wheelchair. I believe he suffers from cerebral palsy. Um, he can kind of drive it. He has like one of those little joystick chairs and he can kind of drive it, but it seems like he has trouble doing that as well. Um, he can't really speak. He does have an iPad that he can press certain things that, you know, kind of like pre-made statements or something to kind of help him communicate. Um, But in general, it's that, you know, it's the type of kid that everybody knows, but really nobody hangs out with her. He's just kind of always on his own because he's getting his needs met by a para or something. And Adara um, has on several occasions gone to uh, meet with him and do art with him, just on her own. Like she's asked, you know, can I, and she likes to hang out with him. And I'm not, I I didn't ask her exactly what, uh, like what it is that she gets from this, but You know, I think she sees him as a kid who needs a friend. um, When life circumstances, you know, doesn't lend itself to be able to really make a lot of friends. And uh, the other kid was, which one was the first one? So that was Jake. Nathan is the other kid that she will hang around with on occasion. So he is, I think, on the autism spectrum, but on a a fairly severe side of it. Um, He has difficulty communicating, among some other issues. He tends to, like, shut down if there's a lot of, noise or just uh, a lot of just distraction. He'll be that kid that, you know, basically starts rocking back and forth and that's the sign like, okay, we need to pull him out and get him quiet time. Um but you know, I mean the same thing. She she's gone out of her way to really make that kid feel like he's got a friend and, uh, you know, do an art. I don't know how much he can really communicate with him, but he does uh, ride Chandra's bus, and so often Adara comes home with Chandra, so Nathan uh, is on the, on the bus and, you know, has a parent, or not parent, but the para, that uh, also rides the bus with him, because he needs help there as well. Um, but Adara has often sat with him, and I think provides, and I think the, the adults realize she provides kind of a calming influence on him. I'm like, that's cool. I'm really proud of her for that. You know, she's, I don't, I don't know if she got it for me. Maybe, I don't know. know, I I didn't hang out with other kids, you know, when I was a kid. I didn't know. I was just off my own little world, you know, playing with plastic army guys and stuff. But, uh, one thing that, uh, as I was kind of surfing around the uh, the web, looking up, just stuff to, uh, to talk about kindness. I don't know if anyone realized, we just had Random Act of Kindness Day. It was on February 7th. Or February 17th. And I was like, oh, cool. That's a Random Act of Kindness Day. Um, and it, was, it was also interesting. This was not on that particular website, but uh, I wondered if this is how it came out. Because everybody's kind of heard, like, you know, practice Random Acts of Kindness. It's like bumper stickers and stuff. You might have seen that. Uh, Princess Diana said, "Carry out random acts of, acts of kindness with no exception of reward, expectation of reward, safe in the knowledge that one day someone might do the same for you." Thought that was kind of cool. You know that maybe that's where that came from. It also, World Kindness Day is November third. So we got you know some other people are thinking about this. You know about the topic of kindness, like the world needs more of it. And people are wanting to do something to promote and boost that. uh, I think this is only in uh, Australia National Others Week Um, I think somebody made that up but they're going with it, right? National Others Week It's love made visible through good deeds and actions whether that's a sincere smile, heartfelt hug or genuine gesture but what matters is that kindness comes from the heart kindness tells someone that they are loved they are valued and they matter it has the power to lighten their burden, brighten their day, and change their life. That's kind of a real world, or maybe a more modern day example. Is this thing buzzing?
1: good.
0: I feel like I'm talking through my nose. Um, as a world, uh, or as a, um, a more of a real world example, I guess, or more current example, Mr. Rogers. So I'm going to date myself by this. All right, Mr. Rogers has been dead for a while. Um, raise your hand. Well, I won't make you raise your hand. All right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so I, and I, I knew who was going to raise their hand. So, I didn't want to. All right. So, yeah, me too. All right. All right. So, Mr. Rogers. So, Fred Rogers had a long career advocating for children's programming on public television. His background included uh, degrees in music, seminary, and childhood development. I didn't know that he was a, a minister. I was like, oh, oh cool. Um, and it prepared him pretty well for the creation of the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Show, that many of us watched as, as a kid. Uh, shows were full of addressing real childhood issues uh, with kindness and understanding. Um, and as a young kid, you really thought he was talking to you on the show, you know, because and he was asking you, know, "Won't you be my neighbor?" this little song, came into his cardigan and his slippers, you know, it was all soft and fuzzy and felt, you know, just, just you know, a comfortable spot. You know, you're comfortable with Mr. Rogers. Now as an adult, you're like. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you just like,
0: I mean, he, I think he's, he's like, he's, he's, he's straight on, you know, and, but uh, it's like sometimes in the show, you're just like, wow, that's soft. Like, oh, you know, sometimes you just want to have him come in and be like, I had a rock day. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, okay. But he was always, he's very, you know, gentle. Um, but as part of the his lifetime achievement award given in 1999, Fred Rogers used that moment to very briefly thank the people that helped him. It was almost like a compulsory statement. You know, that's what you do when you go out there. You know, you're holding your, the thing, whatever you have. He had a, what was it, Lifetime Achievement Award? I don't even know what the award ceremony was. Lifetime Achievement Award. And so, you know, like an Emmy or something. And uh, so he's holding it, and everybody's clapping. And he basically just, he thanked, like, you know, he didn't give anyone really by name, his family, people he worked with, some people here, some people that were, apparently had died, you know, he had a long career, Um, but then he he switched it, and there was no long speech, and he just, he used that moment, he said, uh, and this is an audience full of very successful TV and movie stars and stuff, Uh, I said, I want you to take 10 seconds and think of those that have cared for each of you and wanted what was best for you in life. And so, 10 seconds of silence as the cam- cameras panned around the room. And then sometimes these are those things where you're like, I don't want, I don't want there to be silence because there's a, a risk for emotion in that silence. You know what I mean? So I'm one of those guys, I'm like, <laughs> But like, you know, and they're panning around the room and people are crying, thinking about people who have made a difference in their life through kindness. Because, and, I, and I also was, I was thinking like, wow, you know, um, you know, thinking through, like, who made a difference in my life. Um, I, you know, even I, as I was going through I, I wrote here, I said, I felt, like a li- I felt a little teary, but I wasn't going to let Mr. Rogers make me cry. So, you know, so I started thinking about, you know, working on the car or something. Uh, actually, I, I was going to work on my chainsaw. That's what kept me from crying.
1: Um,
0: but why did, why did it have such an impact? Because everybody there realized they had someone in their corner that helped them get to where they were at that point. Uh, someone who was kind enough to you know, pull, pull us through tough spots when it may have been easier to walk, have walked away on us because of who we were. You know? We were making it tough on them. And many of us can hopefully think of people in our own lives that care for you and fit your belief of what kindness really is. But do you believe that God is in your corner? What impact does it have on you if you really believe God is kind and looking out for your best interests? so then I'm going to say turn to Lamentations right Which is, you can if you want. turn to Lamentations 3 the title of this book is really it's tough man you always just feel like why are we going to read Lamentations wow Lamentations 3 in verse
1: 21
0: says uh, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. And you may recognize this scripture as a song, because we do it fairly often here. If I'd been really a little bit thinking ahead, I might have actually had to sing it, and i would be like a song that we just sang. Um, but I think in here, it said, you know, mercy was not on that list of synonyms for uh, kindness, but it is defined as compassion when it's. Compassion when it's not deserved. And I think that God's kindness, God treats us with great mercy. In Romans 5, he says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Kindness is the deep-down character trait prompted by love. And God is love and God is kindness. Um, we'll turn over to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, and we're coming in for a landing here. I want the scripture after this one. So, in Psalm 103, starting in verse 8, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. How far is the east from the west? It's an interesting illustration. Uh, you know, maybe that's that's about the extent of what human language could potentially try to illustrate that point. You know, how far is the east from the west? Uh, it's cool, and I think that really reflects God's kindness, God's love. So, I think just to, to wrap it up here, um, starting again with the, the scripture that we had began at the beginning in First Corinthians. It didn't, it didn't totally work out uh, for me to do this, but take it for how you want to take it. I'm going to, instead of uh, you know, having love is, I'm going to just insert God is. Many of you have probably done this before, but First uh, Corinthians 13, verse 4. God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And then back to love never fails. So it's my hope that today, um, if you ever get a chance to come up here and do a sermon, that you probably won't pick kindness. Or if you do, you'll have a second round on this, a second chance. But I really wanted to illustrate um, that you know, I think that it's, it's important for us to really have this in the right context, that understanding the kindness of God really helps you to move forward with just about everything else about God. If You don't believe He's kind, then that's kind of a that's kind of a stumbling block, right? Yeah. Um, so, I think just as we as we go through our week this week, um, it would be my uh, admonition, admonition? Admon- no, admonition. Thank you. To uh, so just take some time to think about the ways that God is kind to you. And uh, make your little, you know, make a list of ten things, you know, about little, little kindnesses. They can be small stuff. You know, sunlight finally, you know, stream through the window and you get the little grid pattern going across the floor. Love that, right? Where are some things that are just small things that you're appreciative of for God, God's kindness, and to really be able to let that bubble up into something bigger. So, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.